Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Backfield Boys. We took a bye week, a little week hiatus. I was MIA. I was super sick, but now I'm back better than ever. And as always, I'm joined by Lucas Kochevar and Jackson Kelly. Mm. How's it going, fellas? It's going pretty good, dude. It's going pretty good. Yes, sir. Some rest and relaxation. (laughs) Much needed. (laughs) It was a crazy weekend of football, though, man. I mean, games all over the slate that were just insane. Upsets everywhere. My Steelers fought very valiantly to the end, but Justin Herbert just killed us, man. It was hard to watch. I mean, he was looking like Lamar Jackson out there. What? (laughs) He was. He was scrambling all over the place. I don't know what game you watched. There was one where where Cam Hayward came from behind and then punched him on the ground. Hey, hey, he slipped. There's no way. He was trying to get up and he just like laid down back on Herbert. That was the weirdest thing. It was like the most like (laughs) the weirdest thing. (laughs) Well, it's neither here nor there. Justin Herbert had nine rushes for 90 yards. That's just that's insane. I mean, Devin Bush, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he's coming off that ACL tear. He looks like he's never played football before a day in his life. And, I mean, our offense putting up 37 points is incredibly impressive. Ben honestly looked like his old self for pretty much the entire second half. He was really accurate. Three touchdown passes. I mean, the offense showed me a lot, but it's going to be hard from here on out, man, because I just don't trust – I don't know if the defense can get healthy because the defense is pretty much carried right now by Minka and TJ, and Joe Hayden being out doesn't help at all. Going against Cincinnati next week, Baltimore, Minnesota, Tennessee, Kansas City. That is a brutal five-game stretch. So, I hate to say it, but I think our playoff hopes are shot. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there was much of a chance to begin with. But at least you were hopeful. I mean, we started – Yeah, we started out terrible, and then we bounced back, you know, went on a little winning streak, but – it's just hard, man. The NFL this year has so much parity. Like, the Chargers, to me, are much better than a 6-4 and four team. And even then, they don't look that dominant. Like, their defense is a lot worse than I thought they would be. Yeah, I don't – I can't remember a year like this before where, like – I mean, it's just so many, like – not necessarily upsets, but, like, mind-boggling ones. I mean, Tennessee's still on top of the AFC, and they just lost to Houston. I mean, are we even sure that Tennessee is a Super Bowl contender? <laughs> Their other loss yeah. was to the Jets. You're yeah. saying they are a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, they're probably still the Ooh. best team in the AFC. Really? Yeah. See, I, I don't know. I mean, I know they dominated the Chiefs, but right now I think the Chiefs and the Patriots are better than the Titans. I would take the but Chiefs like, and the Patriots okay. on a neutral field any day over the Titans. Uh... I don't know. I think the thing about the Titans for me is I don't think Ryan Tannehill has kind of figured – I don't think Ryan Tannehill's kind of been the Ryan Tannehill of the past two years. He's been the old Ryan Tannehill. And if he figures it out a little bit coming down the stretch, then, you know, he might – they might be able to catapult themselves back into, like, being a, the best – like, I mean, like, clear number one in the AFC. I, they are the number one team in the AFC right now, but being the clear top favorite. See – I think they just play their competition. 
That's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, looking at their three losses this year, they did get blown out by Arizona, but that was week one. And as you guys always say, week one, you can't really, you know, hold too much weight on. Yeah, especially against the best team in the NFL. Yeah. (laughs) Can't argue with you there right now. I can't. But then they lost to the Jets and they lost to the Texans. So, yeah, you're right. They played to their competition, but that's kind of a dangerous game because going forward, they play Jacksonville, they play San Francisco, they play Miami, they play Houston again. So, I mean, that on the surface level, that's a very easy schedule. But if you don't go into those games prepared, you can easily drop games. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it like – I think that they're fine. I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll get the bye, but, like, that should be their only go right now. It's and just, if they don't get it, it's on them. Because it's I mean, weird because they, they've won all the games they needed to to get the bye, and now the concern is can they win the ones – we don't know. Yeah. And like you beat a, the Rams, you beat the Chiefs, you beat the Bills. But you struggle with the Jets and the uh, – what what's that other team called? The Texans. <laughs> yeah. Texans. One of the most surprising things for me was how the Colts handled the Bills. I mean, I knew the Bills this year were kind of mid. Like, I know they started out really hot, but they had an embarrassingly easy schedule. I mean, they beat up on Miami, Washington, and Houston. And I tried to tell you guys, you know, the Bills have a phenomenal quarterback. I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he may have been a tad overrated at the start of the year because everyone was saying he's the best quarterback in the league. I think Justin Herbert's better. That's just me. But, you know, he's a great quarterback. they got great weapons. But something is off with the Bills this year. I don't know if it's something with McDermott. I don't know if it's something with their, you know, defensive staff. Because their defense cannot stop a nosebleed. I mean, my NFL MVP right now, Jonathan Taylor, having five touchdowns on their head. You just you can't let one player score five touchdowns on you. I'm sorry. That's just – that you got to scheme them out the game some way. Make Carson Wentz beat you downfield. I just it's just it's just mind boggling to me, man. I mean, the Bills went into that game with one of the best rush defenses in the entire NFL and this man scorched the earth. They might be the most disappointing team in the entire league this year. Now that Kansas City's bounced back and is doing what they're doing. Mm, I think they're worse, like more disappointing. Yeah. Teams. Name I, one. Name Washington. One. Washington. I mean, Washington's four and six, though, dude. Like, we kind of expected them to be at, around that, or at least at that level. I don't level. know. There were people saying she was, they, were, they were a playoff team. But they've won two of their last – they've won their last two games. So, before that, they were two and six. And so they like, won them over good opponents, too. I mean, Tampa Bay and Carolina. So, those are really good wins. Yeah. So, they could turn it around. But right now, it has to be them. I'd say – I don't – I'd say right now, it's Vegas. Like, I know they've had a lot happen, but this is going to be the third straight year they started out 5-1 and one or 5-2 and two and just collapse. Yeah, I mean, the thing about – yeah, I, I like that take because, like, the Raiders, I mean, this was kind of going to be the year where they kind of, you know, some some of the young guys are kind of in their, like, third, fourth year. And mm-hmm. they, should, they should have at least been in the wild card race, and they were. And I think they still kind of are, but they're, like, slowly dying. And, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of brutal. It's like getting to the point where you might have to change quarterbacks with Derek Carr. They're, they're looking at maybe another, like, rebuild, and that's really tough for a team that was in a rebuild. So they're disappointing for sure. 
The Raiders are kind of weird to me because I feel like they'll never go full rebuild, even when they're really bad. Like they're going to spend their draft picks on really strange players. They're going to be drafting guys that just pass the eye test, you know, really head scratching picks. They're going to be trying to make big free agency spot. Like we were talking before the show about Russell Wilson, you know, potentially kind of has one foot out the door in Seattle. It wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders tried to make a play for him in the offseason because it's been known that that organization doesn't necessarily love and trust Derek Carr. And like you said, okay, with Derek Carr's play basically in the toilet right now, they're going to be looking for that big splash upgrade because they feel like they have talent there. They feel like they have a pretty good, you know, like pretty good fan base. They have that new stadium. They want to put butts in the seats. You know, they want to compete in that division. And, I mean, I feel like, honestly, with Mahomes there and with Herbert there, there's going to be more pressure within that organization for them to make a splash play, add a great quarterback, keep winning games instead of going full rebuild. Because I feel like the Raiders just want to win. You know, I feel like they're an organization that cares more about, you know, just kind of being in the limelight, not really, you know, taking the route of a team like Jacksonville or a team like Houston saying, you know, we just kind of have to break it down to rebuild it. I don't think Oakland think, or excuse me, Las Vegas thinks that way. So it's going to be really interesting this offseason if they make a play for Russ or make a play for Aaron Rodgers or make a play for another big quarterback who could potentially be on the market. Yeah, for me, it has shades of like the Goff and Stafford trade where they kind of do mm. a quarterback for quarterback swap where, you know, one quarterback gets out of, I mean, obviously they're not the same because Detroit is just a different, different place but you know seattle goes to their rebuild with a quarterback that's competent but not like you know oh no i think they get a star really yeah because there's a quarterback everyone's forgetting about that's going to be available next year who's that deshaun Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. okay i like that that's a really good point i did not think about deshaun Deshaun probably will be out of, you know, his situation next year. Surely to God. <clears throat> I, I, think be be, I think a team will be willing to take a chance by then. I think it will be enough clarity on it. Yeah. There'll be enough time past someone to take a chance. And Houston's always said we're not getting enough in return. But Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell Wilson, maybe throw in a couple draft picks. They have to jump on that. Because you have a, you know, I don't want to gas him up too much. I have my agendas, but I mean, he's a proven Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now, that's a really good point. And the only cause to pause I would have with that situation would be, I don't know if the Seahawks would trade rush to a bad team. I think that they might look at it and say, you know, this guy won us a Super Bowl. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league perennially for the last five, six years it'd be hard to trade him to the worst run organization in the NFL. It's kind of be a slap in the face. And a lot of players, like, here's the thing. It is a business and a lot of teams don't really operate with the players emotions in mind, the players career beyond what they're doing for that team in mind. But what matters is players signing there in free agency. What matters is drafting guys who believe in the organization. And if they take the best player in Seahawks history and literally trade him to the worst run organization in sports, I don't think that would look great for the Seattle Seahawks organization. I don't think that would reflect well on Pete Carroll. Now, Pete Carroll looks really stressed out. He looks like he almost has one foot out the door because he just doesn't have the passion for it anymore. And you can just see it on his face. He seems like he's done. And I'm not saying he's going to retire. I'm not saying he's going to leave. But he seems done. 
And even with that being said, I don't think that he, even if he, like I said, was going to leave or kind of had one foot out the door or just wanted to do a complete and total rebuild, I don't think he would trade Rush there. But, I mean, if if they were able to pull that off, I think that'd be a pretty big win for both sides because Houston does show flashes. You know, they have probably the least talent of any team in the NFL, and they're still able to put it all together and beat teams like the Titans. So, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be the worst trade in the world for either team. I think there'd be a lot of um, a lot of positives for both sides, but I just couldn't see them dumping um, Russ off to a bad organization like that. It'd be That's funny true. if like it'd be funny if Russ got there and he pulled the Deshaun Watson and just didn't just didn't play at all. <laughs> and they just yeah. found themselves in the same situation. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I see Deshaun on either the Raiders or maybe Carolina. I think Carolina would be a really good mm. destination for Deshaun Watson because I just I, I think, think they're going to give Cam a chance next year. You think so? I mean, at the very least, he's going to fill the place. Yeah. I mean, he has played really well since he's been there. I mean, although they lost to the football team, he looked good in that game. I mean, he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. It's been really impressive. Yeah, I'd say Cam will stay there. I mean, you hate to hear it, dude, but you know the best spot, the most likely spot for him is Miami. I don't. I, I really don't think so. I think Tua is playing well to the point now where the Dolphins are just going to kind of ride with him and roll with him because he's showing a lot of progress and a lot of growth in every single game. I mean, he was pretty bad in the first half against the Jets, but he flipped a switch in that second half. I mean, he was 27 to 33, 270 yards, two touchdowns. Besides that one pick, he was really good. Eight yards in attempt. He was throwing the ball downfield. He had a 60-yard touchdown pass. I mean, he's showing a lot of growth every single week. And I'm not saying he's as good as Deshaun because he's not. And I don't know if he ever will be as good as Deshaun because he probably won't won't be. But that's not really fair because Deshaun in his peak is a top three, top four quarterback in the league. Yeah, but I mean, Deshaun's first year, dude, before he tore his ACL, he was a top five quarterback in the league. And that's very rare for a rookie to come in and play that well. So, I mean – being fair to Tua, I think his ceiling being a top 15, top 10 quarterback is still a really great ceiling for an NFL player. And I think any NFL player, if your ceiling's top 15, top 10 at your position, you're really good. And I think watching Tua evolve, and you have to remember, Tua has a bad O-line. He has bad weapons in the backfield. They have no running game. Their running game is non-existent in Miami. And with that piss-poor offensive line, what Tua has been doing is very impressive. And if they build a team around him, because here's the thing. They get Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to give up draft capital. No matter which way you slice or dice it, they are going to have to give up picks. And is it really worth it to try to lay it all on the line for a player that's coming in with allegations, a player that's coming in a little bit older, a player who's coming in, you don't even know if he wants to play for your organization. When you have Tua, a quarter, a young quarterback you drafted, he's been healthy this year. You know, besides the the ribs, he's been he's been know, healthy. That's yeah. a healthy quarterback. That's a bad. That's a bad take. I mean, he's, <laughs> the no, ribs he's, and the wrist or finger or whatever. He's missed yeah, like the, four the, games, uh, dude. Ribs and wrist is different than anything structural. It's not like he blew a knee out. It's not like he's got a shoulder injury. It's not like a lingering nagging injury. He I think it's finger, still. I think it's still a concern. He still missed four games this year. But it's because of ribs, dude. Like they're don't, they're his don't ribs. He, the, he doesn't have the, the best abilities availability. Collar's missed three games now. And is that does that take away from his value at all? I mean, you? he's not going to win MVP anymore. 
So who is going to win MVP? I have no idea, but I mean, that definitely takes away from the value of the team. <clears throat> That's fair. I, I understand that. I just feel you like you can't say you are. And even though like, it's not a big deal because we went two and one, you know, we're, we're still in Colt put us in a good position, but I can't yeah. say collars had been, had been better this year health wise, even though he hasn't had his like shoulder injury he had last year. When he's missed three games and you didn't miss any last year. I guess all I he mean, meant was injuries Tua's... are definitely a part of Tua. Like that's him. Yeah. He can't he's missed four games this year. It's gonna be a question mark whether you like it or not. No, I mean I, I would I would honestly agree. I mean, I do think it's somewhat of a question mark with nagging injuries, but Excuse me. I don't think his injuries are as big of a concern as people like to sell them as, just because Besides the hip injury, which was awful, it was a fluke, it was a freak accident, besides that hit in that Mississippi State game where he just, I mean, obliterated his hip, all of his injuries have been relatively minor. I mean, the ankle injury he had at Alabama, he got a minor procedure on, that did hinder him, but it wasn't a monumental, horrible injury. He was just kind of hobbled here and there. And then even in Miami, he's had little nicks and bumps Along yeah, the way. but he's missing games for him, so he needs to be tough. It's it's really not about toughness, though. I mean, it's more about is he willing, is he ready? I mean, to do go? you think he's the only quarterback that has rib issues? I mean, no, but I think looking at it from the perspective of Miami has a terrible offensive line, and he is basically their franchise right now. They want to protect that, and Miami, Miami's coaching staff, they're training staff they're but I'm saying, medical like, professionals after, after he got his first start in miami last year okay how many games did he miss two or three yeah and so this year he's missed three or four right and so either he's injury prone or he needs to toughen up it, it's one or the other <laughs> yeah the league is not built for quarterbacks that are supposed to that like are annual missing like hat like a quarter of the season like Big of the Ben, season for example, the Big difference. Ben gets hurt every single game, but, but he, he stays up in, the next yeah. week. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. I do think a lot of it, though, is is the Dolphins and saying that. Because, I mean, Tua wanted to play the last two weeks he was held out. He dressed. They had him behind Brissett, which was stupid because Brissett's been awful this year. But Tua wanted to play. I just feel like they're very cautious with him because they know – He's getting hit a lot behind that line, and if his ribs are and they know healed, his history, and they know his history, that's fair. He's an injury prone quarterback. No, that that's definitely fair. But if they had a good offensive line, Tua wasn't getting hit every other play. He would have been out there. But I feel like them protecting their best asset. There's nothing really wrong with that. Like I would have played Tua because if he wants to play and he's good enough to play, it's a better option. I know you love Jacoby Brissett. You got a little love affair with him, Jackson. But realistically. <laughs> yeah. Tua is a better option. And you want to win football games in the NFL, you put your best option out on the field. But I want to ask you guys a question. So I've already said Jonathan Taylor right now is my MVP. That might be a really hot take because he's a running back. And obviously running backs don't hold nearly the value of quarterbacks. But I just feel like this year he's been so far and away the best player that he deserves that honor right now. But I have to ask you right now, if you had to pick the NFL MVP, who would it be? That's for both of you. I honestly, dude, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Maybe Brady. Maybe I was. I was gonna say. I think it. 
depending on how this rest of the season plays out, and that's a big if. And like you said, I think Kyler Murray with the injuries kind of played himself at, like out of it. I think maybe if whoever has a stronger end of the season and gets that two seed between either Dak or Tom Brady. I mean, I or Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers could be thrown I was just about to there say, too. Rodgers ain't going to get it. I don't Rodgers think he's gonna get, gonna get it. it. I don't think he's gonna get it, and like I think he's gonna get blackballed here, like legit. But besides the point, I think it's gonna be either Dak or Brady. Like realistically, every other award, I pretty much have the answer for. Like I can tell you who it's gonna be. All right, run him, run him. Let's go. I want to hear him. All right. So rookie of the year is gonna be Mac. I agree. Or do you think Jamal thing- could get it? The thing is, I, I think, think Jamar should get it, but it always goes to a quarterback. So, like, but Jamar's been kind of lackluster the last three weeks. He started Jamar scored great. a touchdown this week. Like, I mean, but he I only had thirty yards. I mean, he, don't get me wrong. I think Jamar is a week or good end of the year. I mean, I think if he has like over a thousand yards, because I, I mean, last year I think it was an unreal year where Herbert and Jefferson were just so unreal. I think this is just like a toned down version of that with Mac and Chase. Yeah. And okay. I, f- I feel like if Mac, I guess if, if they win their division and he keeps playing the way he does, he could win it. But I yeah. mean, if they win their division, it's Max, no question. I, yeah. No question. But I, I think if they don't, I, I think you have to, Mac will probably get it. I think Mo or comeback player probably is Dak. He's probably gonna get it for the storyline. Okay, I can yeah. see I can see Dak winning it, or if if the Bengals, I don't somehow squeak out either like the first wild card. Oh, Burrow, or Burrow, Burrow possibly yeah, could. Yeah, and Coach of the Year, dude. I mean, okay. <laughs> 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 I'm not. I'm Cliff not Kingsbury. saying nothing. Cliff Kingsbury, the king, the legend. <laughs> the but legend. you go, the legend you go, grows. You go two and one with Colt McCoy. Against pretty decent competition, I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's it'd be kind of disrespectful. The Cardinals got to be represented somehow. Yeah, I feel like if we get the buy, he has to get it, right? Oh no, absolutely. I feel like I, I feel like I nailed the rookie defensive player of the year though. I think it's definitely gonna be Micah Parsons because he is balling yeah. out. Yeah, Micah Parsons. That is man is. I, I was wrong out. about him. I did think that they would. I think that he. I thought that he was like a weird case where I don't know if they uh, would figure out his if position. I remember back to our prediction one. You picked certain to win rookie of the year. I did. No, 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 no. I did. For no, sure. I'm talking to. I did. Uh, I think you picked a cornerback. Parsons. No, you picked a cornerback. I know for a fact you did. Yeah, you I could have sworn. No. <laughs> you definitely picked like a cornerback. I'm after this episode. I'm gonna go back and listen to that episode and set the you, record straight because I could have sworn I picked Parsons. No, because I'm didn't. looking at our picks right now, and n- not for the rookie of the year, but the um, MVP, offensive player of the year, and defensive player of the year. And I'm pretty certain we're off on all of them because my MVP was Justin Herbert. He's ahead of Josh Allen and Kyler, who was your MVPs, but. I mean, Josh, I was really Josh, Josh was like was going good. Josh was going good for a minute. It was weird. Josh was the favorite this week. Like, uh, like starting this week, he had the best odds to win MVP. I think really? Kyler so had good odds. Or is he out? I think he was. I think he dropped like a couple. He he had the best odds, but then he like it was weird. Josh jumped Kyler, so Kyler might have been like second for MVP still or something. Wow. 
He probably crazy. dropped down like a couple since then, but he was – I think he was – But see, that's the thing that helps Kyler, though, is Dax <laughs> missed a game. Rodgers missed a game. I mean – Yeah, so those guys like statistically aren't destroying him. I mean, really, it's, yeah. just, it's just Tom who's been playing every game. It's probably going to be Brady get it. And then our Offensive Players of the Year, I had Devontae Adams, LK had Travis Kelsey, and Jackson had Derrick Henry. And I think right oh. now Jonathan Taylor is pretty much a shoo-in. I, I disagree. I was thinking about it. I mean, Ooh. I have Cooper Cup on my fantasy team. Oh, okay. Cup has like 1,000 yards already. So, like, That's a I think really good point. If Cooper Cup still continues this pace, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like one of them could get – because there's some dumb, like, fantasy player of the year. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, technically Cup could get that, and then JT gets, like, offensive player of the year or something. I don't like know. That. Do they count PPR? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think they so. Do, then. Yeah. No, nah, but I mean, no disrespect to Cooper Cup. He's been great, but I just feel like what Jonathan Taylor is doing is just unbelievable. I mean, he is looking like Derrick Henry looked last year. He is running over defenses. So I think, you know, he keeps doing that. I look, screw quarterbacks. Why don't we give the MVP to Jonathan Taylor and the offensive player of the year to Cooper Cup and just forget quarterbacks for a year since there has not been one standout quarterback this entire season? Why don't we just give the, run, the the running back and the receiver the awards? I think if there was ever a year, it's such a chaotic year, this would be the one. Because there's no, like, there's no runaway dominant teams except for maybe the Cardinals. And then there's no dominant runaway quarterbacks. So if there was ever a year to do it, I think this would be the year. But I, that being said, I just see, I just it's so hard to see happening. If you guys had to pick a Super Bowl right now, what would it be? The Super Bowl or the Super Bowl winner? Uh, just say the Super Bowl, like the, the matchup. If you had to predict it right now, put 100 bucks down right now today, who, 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 is it? who, who would it be? Who'd you pick? Arizona and uh... – <sighs> No slander? No slander. Right now I'm going Arizona and Indy. Ooh. Oh, that would I be, like that. <laughs> that would be a super interesting Super Bowl. I like that. That is we play Indy pick. this year on uh, we. It's so lit, dude. We get the Christmas night game. Oh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I love that they're like stealing that from the NBA ratings. Oh, dude, they're gonna dominate it. <laughs> they are. They're gonna kill that. If I okay, if I had to give one, I, I won't say that it's like a pretty simple one, but I'd be. I'd probably. Put the Packers in there and wow, the Ravens, the Ravens, interesting. The Ravens, and I'm I've been like noted Ravens hater, but with every team being so weird and Lamar's been playing, I we totally haven't even been talking about Lamar, but because he's missed a game now too, mm-hmm. and so like I don't know, maybe the Ravens go on the road a couple like one game and steal one or. I don't know. There's something about them where it's like them in the playoffs. It's just always something. I just have a feeling that we're going to see Arizona and Kansas City because the way the Chiefs defense is playing, I mean, holding the Cowboys prolific offense to only 276 yards, picking off Dak Prescott twice. They only had 15 first downs in the entire game. So looking at it from that perspective, Kansas City shutting down a great offense, and their offense has the capability of putting up 40 at the snap of a finger. 
Like, they're that elite still. Although they've been struggling this year, I'm looking at the body of work over the last three seasons, what Patrick Mahomes has done, what Tyree Kill has done, the way Eric Bieniemy has been calling plays. I mean, I just believe in Andy Reid. I believe in the Chiefs. I know that, you know, it's kind of a, a, a hopeful pick that, you know, they're just going to kind of just – and they've been great the last couple of weeks, don't get me wrong, but there's still a lot of rust to dust off. And that's just kind of me saying that they'll be able to exercise all those demons. They'll be able to go into the playoffs, keep playing great defense, and start playing great offense. But I just think right now, kind of like Lucas was saying, you know, the NFL right now is topsy-turvy. The AFC especially is anyone's game. The AFC has not been this wide open in years, in recent memory. I mean, <laughs> you always got to throw something like that in there. Don't say stupid stuff. <laughs> it's not stupid until you think it's stupid, and then it sounds stupid because you pointed out. But if you never pointed it out, everyone, nobody else would make that connection. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, but that was basically my point. You know, I think it's the Chiefs. I think it's the Cardinals because I think, you know, when all when you when 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 you don't know which way it's going to go, when all the, you know, variables are completely unpredictable, when you got teams like the Chargers, the Bills and the Bengals in the wild card that could upset anyone in the top four. It's, it's pretty dicey, but I would just roll with the Chiefs simply because I believe in Mahomes. I believe in Andy Reid. They've already proven they can win a Super Bowl. And the last point I wanted to say about the AFC, looking at the rest of the AFC, all the teams in the playoff picture right now besides New England are completely unproven. I mean, we haven't seen the we, – we've said we've seen the Bills get to an AFC championship. We've seen the Titans get to an AFC championship. But both those teams folded in that championship game. We, we've always seen the Ravens, you know, go to the divisional, go to maybe the AFC championship on a good year. But we haven't seen that since the Joe Flacco days. Lamar Jackson hasn't made an AFC championship yet. And we've seen a lot of playoff games. Oh, where... yeah, dude. Mac Jones has a lot of playoff experience. <laughs> well, listen to this. The Patriots may not have the Super Bowl experience that they had with Tom Brady, but they still got that same coach there, Bill Belichick. And I feel like he instills that playoff experience within the team. The way he preps them, the way he teaches them, the way he coaches them really can't be replicated. You know, and looking, like I said, Cincinnati, L.A., Buffalo, Tennessee, they're all unproven, man. They haven't proven they can show up in the playoffs and win big games the way Kansas City has. So I feel like Kansas City is just such a safe bet right now. If you had to bet on anyone, because obviously there are no safe bets, but the closest thing we have is a Kansas City team that's catching fire at the right time. I could totally imagine the Cardinals doing it. Or the Cardinals. I could totally imagine the Chiefs doing it just because Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. It's one of those where, like, I'm just waiting on him to kind of turn back into Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't fully yet, but, you know, it's I still on the, you know, in my mind, in the back of my mind there. And I, I think they are, it, like, they, we look up and they'll be scoring a bunch of points again. But, I mean, thinking about that Cowboys-Chiefs game, yeah, I think that the Cowboys missed out on Amari Cooper being there, and I think he's probably a, a bigger part than we thought he was. Okay. And C.D. Lamb missed, I guess, like the last half Got of that, that game. Concussion, yeah. So it makes me wonder how that game turns out. Because I mean, I think it's I think the stats are somewhere where it's like Dak and Amari together have been awesome. Where when either one of them's out, it hasn't been nearly as explosive as an offense. So I think him being missing might have might like might have like been the reason why the Chiefs defense looked so dominant is because there wasn't that like 
big threat for the entire duration of that game. Man, I'll tell you who looks good in recent weeks, the San Francisco 49ers. They lost three weeks ago. Yes, they lost three weeks ago, but I'm talking about the last two (laughs) weeks when they dominated the Rams. (laughs) And then they just dominated your Jacksonville Jaguars, Jackson. How'd that feel? Did they dominate the Jaguars? They dominated. Yeah, they kind of did. The Jaguars. (laughs) It was 30 to 10, dude. They they, they dog walked them. And that final score wasn't even indicative of how dominant it was. Like, it was bad. Okay. Well, uh, I'll say this, dude. Uh, hold up. Hold up. I must be getting something mixed up. I thought that was a Thursday night game this week. No, no it was Thursday the Patriots night was Falcons. Atlanta. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was that. Oh, yeah, game. you're right. My bad. We've Lucas. spared Lucas yeah, not talking man, about hey, that let's game. Let's chill. Let's chill. <laughs> I think, personally, the Niners will get a wild card spot. I think they're good. Okay. Oh. But I. I don't know. I think they can make a run too. It's just the NFC's so deep. Like the Vikings, is it really I think, are good. deep. Is the NFC really that deep? Yeah, is the AFC is a I lot deeper chaos. than the NFC to me? I don't think so. I, I, th- we, we say wide open. I mean, I feel like it's like teams that could win the conference where it's like, I don't know. The NFC just feels like it has more teams that are like, that are just they're just better from like top to bottom. Like I feel like a lot of the NFC teams would wash the AFC teams. Yeah. Like but I feel like the at... Vikings would wash the like wait, did the Vikings damn the Vikings lost to the Bengals? <laughs> like, should, <laughs> Vikings should have beat the Bengals. But still but today's Vikings probably beats the Bengals. I feel like the whatever the who else? The 49ers probably win against most of the AFC teams. You know, the Eagles are playing really good right now. And, you know, the Eagles were kind of dead, but they've come back alive. They figured out how to use Jalen Hurts. I picked against them, but I tried to tell you guys weeks ago that the Eagles were the best team in the NFL with a losing record, and Jackson Kelly laughed in my face. Yeah, because the Vikings existed. But they don't got a losing record (laughs) now. The Colts existed. I mean, okay, okay. we can say that they're the best of bad teams, not a losing record. I think that's a fair judgment okay. to say. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I like, you know, what I'm saying, like, I feel like there are more teams in the NFC that can beat, that can go toe to toe with the AFC, like beat them. Than, I guess like, I'm just. It is necessarily I, deep. I just feel sense. like I just feel like New Orleans <laughs> and Philly's been playing great. Don't get me wrong, but New Orleans, Philly, and Carolina are all posers to me. I mean, I think the wild card's going to be the Rams, the Vikings, and the Niners, and those are all good teams. But I'm looking at the AFC, and the wild card is so deep. You got Cincinnati, LA, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Las Vegas, and Denver. Some of those teams aren't the best. I agree, but that is a really deep conference, especially this year when the NFL is so topsy-turvy. Yeah, it's just hard for me to say the AFC is better than the NFC this year. Like, I would say they maybe have more playoff competitive teams. But it's not better, but yeah. But I feel like at the top, unless Kansas City gets it going, I don't think they have a team that can win the Super Bowl. I don't know, dude. I gotta be careful saying this stuff now i can't jinx anything <laughs> i don't i don't really believe in jinxes man i don't really think you can I jinx do. anything you no, do I oh i do <laughs> yeah i've watched enough atlanta sports in my time to know that 
Jake's is I watched so enough insane. like I watched enough. Hey, he's got a ninety-two percent free throw percentage. Brick. He's made his last eighteen <laughs> kicks. Post. Like I've seen enough, dude. I think that happened. That happened this weekend to the Bears. I think. <laughs> of Probably. course, their kicker. Their kicker was like doing really good. They flashed the graphic, and it, of course, he missed it. Mm-hmm. Kickers are kickers are interesting, man. I like their I like their place in the sport. I really do because there's a lot of people out there that don't think kickers should even exist, and I think kickers add a fun element. But it really does. People don't call for... kickers athletes. They definitely are athletes. There's no doubt about it. If a soccer player is an athlete, an NFL kicker is an athlete. I'm trying to. Think, I don't know if it's athlete or if they're like football. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if they're like. I don't know. There's like a weird stereotype about kickers, which I mean, it's fair. They're normally like little chunky, not athletic, or either super chunky or super skinny, not athletic, like little white guys. Yeah. But like, where the rest of the team is, you know, you know, five star, six five, three hundred, two hundred pound guys. I just so feel like, like if it's you're weird. Yeah, I just feel like if you're on an NFL roster, you're a football player. Like, I feel like it's incredibly disrespectful to say someone's not a football player if you're on an NFL roster. I mean, if you accomplish that in your life, you're definitely a football player because kicking's hard. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on you. Sometimes the entire result of a season is riding on your kick. That might be the most pressure in the entire team. Like, the, the pressure of kicking a field goal in the last seconds, that three or five seconds, that's more pressure than pretty much any other player faces the entire game. It makes me think of the <laughs> was the tweet where it was like the why don't kickers just make kicks? I don't. Oh, see the why. ninja tweet. The ninja oh, tweet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Don't they get paid to make kicks? Why don't they just make kicks? It's like like they can just turn it on and off. Yeah. I hope I don't offend anyone saying this that's listening, but honestly, anyone that considers video gamers athletes is completely <laughs> and utterly wrong. That is the most ridiculous. That, that's just so ridiculous, man. That is just like that, that. That's just out of the realm of logic, and it's just stupid, and it makes <laughs> no sense. And it doesn't matter how good you are with your thumbs. Pause. <laughs> you are not an athlete. <laughs> you, you just you had to say that. <laughs> well, I, at first I didn't mean it. I didn't mean for it to be a pause, but it just came out that way because it's hey, the well, truth. Who's more of an athlete? That way? <laughs> Damn, dude. Hey, who's more of an athlete, Joey Chestnut or people that play video games? Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. Paul? It's it's insane. Hey, we're we're not going to let that one slide. Let it slide, dude. Jeez. <laughs> no, what I'm saying. Preparation dry, need those dude, dude, this man, preparation. Like, you know how much water he has to drink? No, like, he has to, like, like expand his stomach of, and stuff. It's sick of stuff. Doesn't he drink, it like, almost enough water to kill himself? Yeah, like, he has to expand his stomach out. Pause. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where's the line of athlete, though? Like, what is the point where someone's not an athlete, would you say? Like, what is the sport that you're playing or ac- athletic con- that you're partaking in? Where the person's not an athlete, like, like our I would athletes. call video games like when it comes to esports. I mean, I would consider it a sport because it's a competition. Are they athletes? 
<laughs> I think just the word gamers is cool <laughs> enough. Yeah. Like, because there's a lack, like, there has to be some sort of athleticism, in my opinion. Like, you have to be doing, <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be doing something to your body. You know? To be a gamer? No, 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 no. To no, be, like, no, considered yeah. an athlete. Like, you have to, like, oh, okay. there has to be Doing some a physical sort of, activity. Yes. Like, race car drivers, I would consider them athletes 100%. 100%. I think that's a, it's a lot of endurance. So I could see where you say that. For me, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of endurance that goes into it. Like a lot of mental focus. There's a lot of strat. Like, dude, you drive, you drive for four hours, dude. You're exhausted after I that. I feel like that might point. be, that might be the good line to draw it low key. Either that or what some about of these pink, What about sports. pink pong? What about like pink Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, there are they... some of the Olympic sports that are like, like curling. Oh, table table tennis is a sport though. Like they are athletes. Table, like it's for fast. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um. Okay, but what about uh, baseball? Dude, baseball takes so much athleticism. It really does. Like, oh, athlete, yeah. like base. It does. You know how hard it is to hit hundred <laughs> mile an hour fastball. I mean, seriously. Like As it's if, really. It's not very physically demanding though. Yeah, but football, you're standing around half the time, too. Like, it doesn't matter if you're, like, Yeah, no but sport. that's complete. Okay, yeah. How many times, like, every Thursday night, is there not way more injuries? Oh, no, of course. I know football's a far more physically demanding sport, but what I'm yeah, saying is. Yeah, them motherfuckers play, or sorry. Them two dudes play 162 <laughs> games a year pre-playoffs, bro. Honestly. Like, it's not I- like they're out there killing themselves. Half the time, like, dude, if the pitcher's doing great, like, He's do, pitching a no hitter. You might stand doing nothing in left field, and the only thing you'll do is swing a bat three times a game. Okay, I think people look at baseball and golf and say, "Oh, they don't really take a whole lot of athletic." No, golf because... is athletic. Okay, AF. I appreciate you saying that. Baseball golf is incredible, <sighs> incredibly athletic. A lot of baseball players are in incredible shape, though. I mean, you think about being able to run fast, hit the ball, throw the ball. Run fast make for 90 plays. feet. <laughs> All right, next batter. <laughs> to me, if I had to think about the least athletic sports, I'd probably say darts, maybe, billiards, curling. What about shooting in the Olympics where they shoot targets? Are we talking about archery or no? No, I'm talking about shooting, like rifle shooting. <laughs> I mean, a lot of precision goes into that. Yeah. Is that athleticism, though? Like, is Uncle Billy out back shooting off his 12-gauge? Yeah, I mean, athletic? yeah, you'd be, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm a good what, shot, what, though. What would I be surprised by? Like, I mean, it's it's not just point in the sky, pull trigger. I mean, there's stuff. I hope you're not pointing in the sky. <laughs> Come down what, the gun? Someone. Yeah. Yeah, likely. I mean, unless you're skeet shooting. Yeah, dude, I shoot in there a couple times. Like skeet shooting? I mean, I've done it. Like skeet shooting? Yes, and I've yeah. shot, you shot <laughs> yeah. in the air before. Yeah, but besides skeet shooting, you've shot in the air. Yeah, but like if you shoot a shotgun there, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, but was it a shotgun? Mm, well, one time I shot an arrow in there, dude. Me and my brothers got so scared. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, 
<laughs> like, like like a regular bow and arrow is like a cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a regular bow and arrow, dude. I'm a man. <laughs> I've seen we like lost videos it. of dudes doing that. We lost it in the sun. <laughs> Why are you hating on crossbows? I, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I, I can shoot. They're a real pretty bow. badass to me, dude. Yeah, but a real bow. Uh, re- shooting a real bow is hard, dude. I've tried. I've actually tried that before, like big time. It's hard. It is. I used to do that as a at the Renaissance Festival as a kid, and they'd give you like big ass Renaissance bows. Yeah, it's like where you go and you like you know eat the food and like take, play all like the the Renaissance games. It's pretty fun. When you're a kid, man. You can like yeah, throw tomatoes you know, like, at the dudes and you know. <laughs> dude, every day you add two years to your virginity being serious. Like, <laughs> that was foul. <laughs> what about croquet? No, croquet's fun. Actually, it I've is never fun. Played. It I a can, sport. I've never played. Croquet's fun. It's a white. I mean, sport, it's similar but it takes to some athleticism. It's rich white people snuff, dude. <laughs> like it's very classy. It so, is, yeah. They play it in England and like Scotland and like you know countries like that where yeah. they don't really have anything better to do. They just. I mean, it's similar to putting. And... Yeah, but it's not as hard as putting. I would definitely think putting is harder. Because there's a lot more variable with the green. It's a lot harder to tell the terrain, the directions. Yeah, but it's like that too. And you plus you got like three you got to go through. Yeah, but the ball's big, and you're basically hitting with the mallet. I I know, but you have like you have to keep it in line, and then like <laughs> like there's three things you have to go through. Like it's not just one hole. Who's the least athletic in the history of sports? Off the top of your head. Babe Ruth. Just from appearance. I like that. <clears throat> that's, like that. that's a really good answer. Just from appearance has to be Babe Ruth. Maybe yeah, no, I don't he's know. Just smoking. Is, he's just smoking. He's just smoking during games. Fielder a great. Uh, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great. But he, I know he's, 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 he's like the fattest dude ever. He's just fat. <laughs> just because he's fat doesn't mean he's athletic. That's true. Like, I mean, Jared Lorenzen was athletic. athletic. Yeah, hefty lefty rip. Yeah, dude. I'm trying to think. In terms of lack um, of athleticism. All right, recent I years, would say maybe John Stockton, low-key. Because John Stockton no. was just a little guy. Yeah, but he was athletic. Low-key. Yeah. Yeah, athletic. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He like, was that's just jump. racism. I mean, <laughs> you see a little scrawny white dude on a basketball court and you're just like yeah he's not athletic <laughs> like what okay okay maybe not John Stockton uh, although I think he's a little overrated he's still an incredible player yeah Babe Ruth's a good one though I can't really top that I was thinking maybe um, I don't know that, that's hard I, I ask these stupid questions and I, I was gonna say I feel like to the thing is I was like so watching the game here I mean like we know Tom Brady's in like unreal shape, but like is he all that athletic? I would argue yes, just because he's so talented with his arm and his mind and everything's but, so sharp yeah, and so refined. If, if we're going off of like speed and scrambling ability, <clears throat> like there's been much worse than him. I would argue Peyton. Peyton Manning had no mobility. Yeah, Hell, Peyton Manning is a really good one. Well, yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're both. Peyton Manning Peyton in his was younger mobile days. in younger days. Yeah, no, he definitely was. Dan like Marino ever. might be the best on quarterback ever. Dan Marino was slow as molasses, even in his prom. He was bad. 
I mean, he made Big Ben look like a track star. That's how slow Dan Marino was. <laughs> big, the thing about Big Ben was he was. Ne- it feels like he was never athletic. He's just so like big. He's just like so like built. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he. I mean, he's he's not really in shape, but he's a shape. So I mean, I don't know really what you mean by built. <laughs> People but... roll off a spear. <laughs> I'd say the least athletic player I've ever watched with my own eyes is probably 2019 and no 2018 and on David Johnson. I mean, yeah, a lot of those guys that like, after the knee surgery do look like like Todd Gurley. They just, yeah, they look rough. God, Dave's so fat. I hate him. <laughs> The fattest player that I can think of is Vince Wilfork. Yeah. I mean, he was he was incredible, but he's definitely the fattest player I can think of. I mean, he's lost a lot of weight, but he was incredibly fat. Like this oh, man this, was a refrigerator. I made. I'll never forget Eddie Lacy. Oh my god, dude! I, he was like my first big fantasy bust, and there's a it, like there's an Instagram page out there named I Hate Eddie Lacy, and it was just and there's two posts on it. And it's just me, like me at like. Tw- like 13 years old just hating Eddie Lacy because he was so bad at fantasy because he was so fat <laughs> nah he was dude so I remember fat. when I he Eddie got Lacey. dropped or became a free agent in Green Bay like a serious conversation like a ser- I remember them talking about this on ESPN like his agent was looking at cities like Nashville and Kansas City were no-goes because of like the food scene <laughs> like that's just, he had a serious he's not going problem. to New Orleans he had a problem <laughs> they shipped his ass to Seattle and the same thing, happened with, coffee Kelvin, up there, the same thing happened with Kelvin Benjamin oh Kelvin Benjamin yeah that's Kelvin not, Benjamin was more just thick though Kelvin Benjamin was had like, them like Kelvin got thighs. fat though they were he like, he's just a like Eddie biscuit Lacey. away from being a tight end <laughs> what he yeah, said like, on Monday night Eddie was big but like Kelvin got big yeah, Kelvin just yeah, I man just ate. <laughs> it's honestly, it's, it's honestly crazy to me how you can be a great athlete like Eddie Lacy and literally ruin your career because you eat too much. Like you would think a world class athlete would be like have the mental and physical kind of training and willpower also, like, he, and aptitude <laughs> not to eat everything in sight. Like that's just insane to me. Like no, he didn't have like one homie that was like, "Hey, you should probably lay off on this," <laughs> like just <laughs> while eating. Like yeah. He didn't have one dude in his corner that was like, "Hey, you look a little wide." Hey, but you, but you're telling me you're going out to dinner with Eddie Lacy. You're gonna complain about all the food he's ordering. I mean, everyone I had mean, to be eating good in his circle. That man was no, ordering but, five or six pizzas for three people. You know, I mean, you knew yeah. if you were hanging around Eddie Lacy in 2013, you were getting fed. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> wrong. Like, I mean, he he was feeding them out there. You know that. <laughs> he just XL sizing everything. He's just no. He goes to, like restaurants with like the the biggest like gas station cup. He doesn't even like get their drinks. Like like that fucking like 40, 44 ounce. Yeah, he's just showing up. Hey, I want a, I want a Coke. He just gives them the cup <laughs> himself. Oh, dude, I get one of them forty four ounces Coke Zeros every morning. Coke Zero is gas, man. I love the new the new uh, Coke Zero like formula. It's so oh, I good. T- I don't even taste the difference. I'll be honest. I don't really either. I'm like, like I just. I, but I'm I'm serious. Like, if you hand me a regular Coke, I cannot tell the difference in that and Coke Zero. Real, you're lying. I can tell a slight difference. I it's can. like very slight. 
Like if someone handed me Coke and Coke Zero, I can't. Like if someone handed me a Coke and like was like I drunk half of it, and they're like halfway through, like that's Coke Zero, I'd be like, oh, okay, I can tell, and it's and vice versa. That's me and Diet Coke. See, Diet Coke, there's a big difference. I think. I think there's a subtle difference, but like, like Coke, I think it's just different than those two for me. Oh, dude, I love Coke. So you're saying, oh, yeah, I do too. You're, so you're saying Coke and Coke. <laughs> Soda's all right, too. I love soda, man. I really do. I know. I hate to say it. You know, that's not really a 2021 message you want to be putting out there because there's an anti-soda agenda in the liberal media these days. <laughs> soda a day, you know, it, it just makes you happy. It's good for the mental health. I like I, I don't really I like Coke Zero. But yeah, like, the thing is, I don't think there's an issue with you if you get like the zero calorie ones. Uh, apparently, they're very cancerous. Oh, that's tough, dude. I, mean, I already got I like four oh, things I do. I got like four things I do that cause cancer. <laughs> I vape. I drink diet drinks. Uh, oh, ch- I chew the plastic top bottle tops of everything. <laughs> like a water what? bottle, dude. Really? Yes, I chew. Like I chew plastic straws. That's cancerous. Yeah, it's super cancerous, apparently. All right, so now it's time for our weekly game picks, and we are going to start off with some Thanksgiving Day football between the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. The Bears have dropped five straight games, and the Lions, they're the NFL's worst team. So have fun picking this game because it is going to be an utter horrible showing from both teams. I already know it. It's, it's, it's going to be pathetic. <laughs> And we won't get to see Justin Fields. He's probably going to miss Thursday. So it's probably going to be Andy no, Dalton. No, yeah, he's out. Oh, <laughs> It's going to be Andy Dalton yeah. on Thanksgiving against Tim Boyle. We just have to stop putting the Lions on Thanksgiving. It is ridiculous at this point. I don't care about your day. There's nothing like better than like just watching some horrible football and being like, okay, let's stop watching and eat food just because the football's so bad. Fair okay, enough. I'm going to do this for the last time this year. Oh, my God. You're not going to do it. I'm going to take the lines. Wow. Okay. I'm going to. Okay. You know what? I'm going to join you. Join me. I'm going to join you. Wow. I can't. I don't know. Chicago dropping five straight. Why Why can't this be the week? Tim Boyle yeah. and company. Uh, have we heard about Jared Goff? Is Jared Goff going to be stepping up and playing? Who cares? I, I don't think we've heard anything. I hate to do this. He's from hey Tim Boyle went to EKU, didn't he? Yeah, for like a year, I think. Or year, no, he might finish mm. there. I hate to do this, I really do, because I want the Lions to win. You know, they haven't won a game all year. The Lions are a team that the three of us have rooted for at times this year. We want them to do better, but even with Andy Dalton. Starting for the Bears, the Red Rifle. I got to go with the Bears even still. I just don't trust that Goff's going to play. Even if he does, I don't trust he's going to be healthy. And Boyle is horrible. So I got to roll with the Bears here. I think they're going to get it done on the road. Snap that losing streak. And, you know, they're pretty much already eliminated from the playoffs. I don't see them doing anything. But a fourth win, you know, they'll get to four and seven. Maybe Matt Nagy saves his job, but it's not looking great for him right now. Next up on Thanksgiving, we have the L Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a touchdown favorite at home. Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I like the Cowboys here. 
I got to agree, man. I mean, if they got to bounce back. I mean, that showing against the Chiefs was terrible. Dak didn't look like himself. He didn't have all of his weapons. You know, CD, like you said, LK, going out of the game with a concussion. Amari Cooper not available. We're probably not going to see either of those two receivers on Thanksgiving. But I still feel like Dak and company can get it done. And finally, we have the best game of Thanksgiving. Bills, Saints in New Orleans. The Bills are only a four-point favorite on the road. I think this I'd game Bills pretty easily. Yeah, I think this game will be a bounce back for the Bills. Where I mean, Trevor Simeon is just—I don't know why they keep trotting him out there. I don't know why they're paying Taysom Hill money if they're going to trot out Trevor Simeon. And I hate Taysom Hill. So give me that extension Bills. was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Like, someone said that they're laundering money through Taysom Hill, and I don't doubt it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with the Bills as well. I feel like it's going to be a bounce-back game, like you said, you know, on the road, in a dome. The Saints have a great fan base there, but I feel like Josh Allen is going to kind of get back on track. I feel like their defense is going to step up. I think it'll be a close game, a little bit higher scoring than people expect, but I got the Bills getting the W. Next up, we have game of the week, in my opinion. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. The Buccaneers are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Give me the coach, bro. I'm with you here. I think that this just, I don't know, Indy's playing really well. This could definitely be a spot where everyone buys the Colts, but the Buccaneers just are the Buccaneers. But I think Indy gets the win here. I'm with you guys, man. I think the Colts at home are going to win the football game. I think the Colts right now are playing some of the best football in the entire NFL. I mean, Carson Wentz, 18 touchdowns to three picks, having the most underrated quarterback season this side of Kirk Cousins in the entire league. He's been on the money. He's been great. I expect Jonathan Taylor to do Jonathan Taylor things, and I expect the Colts to get the win. Next up, we got the Panthers at the Dolphins. The Panthers are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Give me the Panthers here. I think this will be, like, I think their defense will play really well. I like their pass rush, and I think Cam Newton does enough to get the job done here. Yeah, Panthers. Close game. I wish I could pick Tua, but I got Cam Newton getting the job done. I think it's going to be a close game, but the Panthers win. Next up, we got the AFC. (laughs) That's bad. On the week of the Iron Bowl. Hey, I know. Hey, Alabama's getting a dub on Saturday, but Tua, unfortunately, got to catch an L. Next up, the Patriots are taking on the Titans in Foxborough. The Patriots are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> it's a very interesting number from Vegas. And if it was in Tennessee, I might give it to Tennessee, but New England's playing so well, and it's, you know, we're going to be getting into, you know, really cold weather up in Foxborough. I like New England to win this game. <sighs> Give me the Titans, dude. Vrabel owns Belichick. That might be a slight over uh, over overestimation, overreaction from you. I don't know. I, Just it's a little bit. This, this me? Is, I think. I think so. Game. An overreaction because I said 
I don't Brable think he owns, owns the best the best NFL coach of all time. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. I think Brable's yeah. a good coach, but I don't think he owns Bill Belichick by any stretch of the imagination. And that's why I think the Patriots are winning this football game. I think Mac Jones is going to do Mac Jones things. He's going to outduel Ryan Tannehill. He's going to secure the W. Next up, we have throw ten yards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, he's going to get over three hundred this game. Next up, we got the Eagles on the road facing the Giants. The Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in this divisional matchup. Mm, we've been buying the Eagles stock a lot lately, but I don't know. I, there's something about the Giants where I like them. I don't know. There's so, I, I like the Giants. That's it. That's my analysis of the Giants. I, I like them getting the win here. This is kind of my gut. This probably is my gut pick of the week. Yeah, dude, well, you need to eat more food because it's looking pretty bad. (laughs) Eagles win this one. No doubt in my mind. Eagles in a blowout. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. Blowout. They're winning by three or more touchdowns. It's going to be an utter blowout. Jalen Hurts is going to ball all over them. Next up, we got the Falcons on the road taking on the (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars. The Falcons are one-point favorites on the road. I love Damn, the bad Lucas. Game, man. This is my game of the week. I love everything about it. <laughs> best game you're gonna yeah. see all weekend. And it's on TV. Give me the man. Falcons. <laughs> no, I need to put this uh, game on Twitch. Get this game out of here. Yeah. Put it on Nickelodeon. Um, I'm, I'm gonna take fan, the Falcons. But that um that spread's atrocious, brother. That's embarrassing. I think them getting shut out at home has a lot to do with it. <laughs> I think I'm going to take the Falcons. I think on the road they'll bounce back. They'll get the dub. The Jags are just an embarrassment. They're a joke. This is something oh we my all God. know. I'm not going to rant about Listen, the Jaguars this episode. <laughs> Next episode I will. But this episode I'm going to save it. Next up we have an even better matchup. Maybe the matchup of the week. We got the Jets, Super Bowl three champions, going on the road to take on the Houston Texans. Now these teams are combined; they got they got four combined wins, sixteen combined losses, a combined four and sixteen. So we got two powerhouses coming up. The Texans are two and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, but I mean they have both have beaten the best team in the AFC currently. So, ah, oh, dude, they're four and 16 combined. Give me a break. This is worse than the Falcons Jaguars game. This is an embarrassment to the NFL. This game should, it shouldn't even be on. It just like, shows like how cable weak TV, the, it dude. just shows how weak the AFC is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the jets. Mm. <laughs> the fact that we got Falcons, Jags and jets, Texans in the same weekend is Awesome. Like well, it's kind of one of them things. The Texans are too bad to win two games in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I think Tyro Taylor really is like, I think he kind of helps out the Texans way more than we think. And I think that he actually will get them the win here. I agree. I think the Texans are going to win. I mean, I wrote down the jet, scratched it out, put the Texans because like you said, Lucas, I just feel like, you know, Tyrod at home can get it done against a lackluster defense like New York's. I got the Texans. Next up, we got the Chargers and the Broncos in an AFC West showdown. The Chargers are three-point favorites on the road in Denver. Give me the 
Give me the Broncos here. I don't know. It just Have seems they like coming... this year? Um, no, they have not. Okay. Yeah, I'm. They always I'm go. It's a see. Yeah, it seems like they would trend that way. I'm gonna go with the Broncos here because it seems like coming off of like, I guess an emotional win where they had to come back and do all that against the Steelers. That you know, I just it seems like a it yeah, take a I lot for them Broncos to win. Too. I'm going with the Chargers, man. I think on the road they can get it done. I think they are riding on a incredible wave right now. I think playing that well on offense against – although the Steelers, I mean, it was a bad defensive showing. Don't get me wrong. With our three best defensive players out, we sh- are not, not our three best players. I would say our two best defensive players because Cam Hayward deserves way more respect than that. Um, Joe Hayden's still great, but he's no Cam Hayward. Um Looking at it, I do think that, you know, the Chargers have some issues on defense. There's no question about it. But I just I just feel like they're going to get the job done. I feel like Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's easily top five. He's showing this year why he's an MVP candidate, why he's one of the best in the world. I think he's going to take over this game. I think the Chargers are going to win. Next up, we have what's actually the game of the week. The L.A. Rams and the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. The Packers are a one-point favorite. I oh I really I honestly don't know who to pick for this one. This is a really tough one. The Rams are kind of sputtering, and it feels like they're being like you know they're not being physical enough against their opponents. But I think that they have a good chance to go on the road here and get a win here. Uh, they can't lose three in a row. They're too good to lose three in a row. So I have to go the Rams. I'm going with Green Bay, and the only reason is they dr- just dropped a game to the Vikings. I think at home they're going to get the job done. I think at a game like that in a big <clears> spot, I trust Aaron Rodgers a little bit more than I trust Stafford, and I still think the Rams are a good team. I do. But I think they're a good team that's capable of dropping that third game in a row. I think that they're capable of going on the road and not being able to get the job done because if this game was in L.A., I would take the Rams going away. But I feel like losing a heartbreaking game like that, the Packers are going to bounce back play great offense, play much better on defense. And I think right now the Vikings are a team that can walk up in anyone's house and beat them. That's how well they're playing. So I don't really take that into consideration. You know, I think that that game, they just played really well on offense. The Packers couldn't really, you know, they they lost on a game-winning field goal. Like, that game could have gone either way. The Packers started out bad, finished great. They were hot at the end of that game. They're going to come into this game hot and get the job done. Packers win. Next up, we have the Vikings at the 49ers in another great NFC showdown. The 49ers are three-point favorites at home. Niners. I think the Vikings are playing really good football right now. So give me the Minnesota. Right now, what I'm seeing from San Francisco, I simply like way too much not to take them in this football game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well. I think Debo Samuel, as it stands today, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think they are clicking on all cylinders. My God, dude. He is. (laughs) He he has a lot of fancy team, what, What he's doing as a rusher and as a receiver week in and week out is unreal. This man as a weapon is dominating football games. It is He's not even the best receiver in this football game. Well, I'm, I, I, I would take him over Justin Jefferson. I definitely would. I, I think Justin Jefferson's incredible, don't get me wrong. 
But I think Debo right now, as versatile as he is and as great as he is, is just he's just on a different level. Debo's insane. But with all that being said, give me the 49ers. I think that they are playing just as well as anyone is right now. And I think that they're going to keep improving. And Kyle Shanahan's really turned the ship around. Next up, we have the Browns at the Ravens on Sunday night football. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, which I think is egregiously low. I think the Ravens win this game by about seven to ten points. But what say y'all? I'm going to take the Browns to win this one. It would just add more to the AFC mess. (laughs) It really would. Where is it being played? In Baltimore. Oh, gosh. As much as I want to pick this as an upset, I just I can't I can't pick Baker right now on the road. He's not looked very he hasn't looked very confident, I would say, in his last couple of games. So especially with Lamar Jackson, I think Lamar Jackson being back, I think he I think the Baltimore wins this. Our, wait, I didn't pick this one yet. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I said the Ravens. I said the Ravens. I never start off with picks, so that kind of confused me. But yeah. Ravens are going to roll. I have no doubt about that. I hate the Ravens, but I respect them. I hate the Browns, and I don't respect them. So watching the Browns get squashed on Sunday Night Football will be great. I think this is going to be a bounce back for the Ravens because although they beat the Bears this past week, they didn't have Lamar. Pretty good win, but they've just been lackluster since they lost to the Dolphins. I feel like this will be a game where on Sunday Night Football, you know, Lamar has a signature Lamar performance. The Ravens win. And it'll be, you know, oh, the Ravens are back, the Ravens are this and that, and they'll end up losing in the divisional again, how it usually goes every single season. <laughs> Next up, we got the Seahawks at the football team. The football team is a one-point favorite at home. And what's funny is preseason, this would have been a pretty good matchup, but right now, mm-hmm. Seahawks are three and seven, and the football team are four and six. So it, it's not looking too great. Um, I'm gonna take the Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks in prime time. I don't know. It's just something about it over Taylor Heineke and Co. I I like the Seahawks here. I totally agree with you guys. You know, I think looking at this game, it's honestly a surprise that the football team are a favorite. And I know that they've won two straight games. I know they've beaten two straight good teams. I mean, beating Carolina and beating Tampa Bay in the manner in which they did is impressive. And it's definitely something to hang their hat on. But at the end of the day... Russell Wilson is going to be the best football player on the field. And he might have one foot out of the door. He may not be there mentally entirely, but I still think he's great enough. He's a top 10 quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer first ballot. He's going to get the job done. He's going to win the football game. Give me the Seahawks. And that's it. (laughs) 